Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the E-Commerce Evolution Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And today we're diving deep into influencer marketing, something that you can't ignore and something that if you're not using now, what are you waiting for? You got to start using influencer marketing. And my guest today, Cody Wittick, is going to show you the way. This episode of the E-Commerce Evolution podcast is brought to you by OMG Commerce Resources. That's right. Here at OMG Commerce, we want to help make sure you're educated and in the know to capitalize on the latest tips, tricks, and strategies to help you grow your e-commerce business. So if you go to omgcommerce.com and under resources, click on guides, we have some cutting edge free information for you on things like how to dominate with Amazon DSP ads or how to use Amazon sponsor brand video ads and how to craft the perfect ad. We have several guides on how to capitalize on YouTube ads from creating the perfect ad to knowing when you're ready to scale. Plus there's the newly updated Google shopping guide plus more. Check it all out at omgcommerce.com and click on guides under resources. And now back to the show. Cody Wittick, he's the co-CEO and co-founder of Kinship, an influencer marketing agency. And he has worked with some influencers of influencers, right? He's worked with LeBron James and he's worked with Mike Trout and he's worked with Dale Earnhardt Jr. And so we're going to be able to, to tap into the brain of Cody Wittick and find out, hey, what should we be thinking about right now as we look at influencer marketing? What's changing in the months ahead? How does this impact things with iOS 14 and 15 and 16 and all the iOS updates where Tim Cook is trying to kill marketers and all things good? Sorry, uh, uh, just a little bitterness in there. Uh, but we're, we're going to dive into influencer marketing. There's going to be a lot of fun. And so with that, uh, Cody, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for coming on. And, and how's it going? Yeah, it's going good, Brent. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you, and Cody, you're coming to us live, or it's live for me, anywho, uh, from <laughs> one of my favorite parts of the country. You're, you're in the uh, OC, Orange County. Um, how, how, how's the weather? How are things there right now? Yeah, I won't so talk about question, the weather. Like the weather's always I great. Wanna, Orange County. Yeah, I don't want to rub it in your face. Um, <laughs> but it's currently cloudy, which it usually never is. So we're all a little down here in Southern yeah, California. I'm really sorry for you. Yeah, it's really, really yeah, rough. Yeah, I feel like sorry it's for cloudy me. in 75. It's terrible. Yeah, man. exactly. It's, oh, it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> That's awesome. So, and, and also, we just we discovered this as we were chatting. You ran the influencer marketing program for Kalo, which is which which was like the original Silicon Wedding Ring. Uh, my team and I used to run the YouTube and uh, Google ads for Groove Life, my buddy Peter Goodwin. And so we were like head to head duking it out on the internet. We didn't even know it, uh, which is awesome. We're, so we're, we're enemies. From, what's that? We're enemies now. <laughs> exactly. We're, we're, we're bearing the hatchet, though, for the sake of yeah. this podcast and for the good of exactly. the audience. Uh, but you were doing that from, what, 2014 to 2018, you said? Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was right, right in there that we were doing stuff for Groove, which is which is really fun. But yeah, so kind of kind of give your background, like how how did you get into influencer marketing, and then any interesting things you know, kind of along the way of let's do like your the the, the sixty second story of uh, Cody Wade's yeah. background. Yeah, I, I mean, I was a I played college hoops, so I've just always been at athletics. Um, Where'd you play college hoops? At a school called Biola, D two school here in SoCal. It's hilarious. Shout out to Jared Mitchell, my buddy, who I just mentioned, uh, San Clemente. Uh, he went there as well. No way. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll catch up on that <laughs> later. But that's, that's hilarious. So uh, I wished I played college hoops, and so you actually did, which is awesome. 
Yeah, so I got to play. Um, so I guess I only bring that up as just like I'm a big sports guy, love sports. As Kayla was growing, I knew the co-founder. He kind of grandfathered me in, let me come into the company. And so I got I got to like, you know, uh, grind my teeth on influencer marketing through through working with athletes. Um, and I was really interested in it. And I think just because maybe I was a former athlete or I don't know, maybe it's just my personality, but I was never like, oh my God, it's Steph Curry. Like, yeah. uh, like go oh, fanboy over it. So He's I think probably my cousin. I mean, I don't know for sure, but the same last name. <laughs> there you go. There you our go. Jump exactly. shot looks so similar. Uh, if you saw, you'd be like, whoa, they're related. So, you know. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that lends itself into just establishing great relationships with these guys. And it wasn't just athletes, but um, long story short, I was able to run the influence program at Kalo for, for four or five years and learned a lot. Um, worked with some big time athletes, like some of the people that you mentioned in the beginning, but also uh, all the way down to your micro influencers. And um, like you understand, the use case of a wedding ring is everybody. Exactly. <laughs> so there's so many categories. I got to just cut my teeth with so much, so many different categories, pet influencers, the military, to firefighters, like it was just all over the place. So it allowed me to get a lot of experience in a lot of different industries, meet a lot of different cool people, um, how they function, how they work, what takes yeah. them. Exactly. That, that's, that's so cool. And, and, and one of the questions that people always ask, and it's still a question that I'm fascinated with as well, is, you know, obviously the, the the celebrity or the influencer matters, right? The the actual influence they have over their audience really matters, right? That's going to impact the effectiveness yeah. of what they do for you. But but is it necessary to get someone like a LeBron James or a Mike Trout? Or are you better off to get multiple really good uh, micro-influencers? Any yeah. general thoughts on that? Depending on like the, the, I say the age-old debate, you know, it's been raging for three years, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but... but um, what are your thoughts around huge influencer versus micro influencer? I love this question because I actually made a ton of mistakes at Kalo just because my eyes were just so drawn to like the macros. Yeah. Um, and it was in a time too where Facebook 2015, 2016, where we just threw up a testimonial from Andy Dalton, you know, talking about Kalo and it would get a seven, eight ROAS. <laughs> Just okay, like, let's just repeat this. Well, yeah. we got caught up in that drug. Um, so we're constantly chasing after macros. Some really nailed it. But an example would be Bryce Harper. Thought it was going to crush. Totally flopped. Um, Interesting. Stuff like that. So, so uh, I'm just curious about on this. This is more just yeah. my own interest. Did he not do a good job with it? Or do you think like Bryce Harper, obviously I know who he is. He's a great baseball player. But he's not have, like people don't love him like People love other athletes, or what's what's yeah, the and and we'll get into this later. But the content was poor. Okay, um, I think I think he did a poor job on the content itself. It. But however, a lot of times a name like that can make up for poor right. content. Right. Um, and so, yeah, the content was poor. Um, but everything on audience insights, when that used to be a thing within Facebook, that now disappeared this year. Like everything told me, you know, Major League Baseball. Bryce Harper, he's like, you know, MVP at the time. Like, this is going to crush. He's going to talk about, you know, he's a solid family man, all this stuff. Um, and it just didn't work. So to answer your question originally, it's just, I think there's a proper way to get there before you spend a ton of money. Yeah. Like, to use that Bryce Harper example, to back out from that, we should have tested other testimonials. In this case, it would have been maybe minor leaguers or you know, like C-list type of players that like maybe are more known, but like, 
And then as that gains traction, you're like, okay, wow, like Major League Baseball is really achieving a ton. Then maybe we go into the macros of the world. So I just think there's steps to take and you don't have to, to address your other part of the question, you don't have to start with macros, um, which unfortunately, like a lot of brands think that they have to do. And then they spend all of their budget that they might have even just created for this category and spend it on one post from one big time influencer. Right. And you're all your eggs in the basket. Yeah. Really it's, difficult. It's, it's dangerous no matter what you're doing, right? You need, you need time to experiment and to test, and not everything is going to work perfectly. So you got to, right. yeah, don't put all your eggs in one basket for sure. Um, and, you know, one thing we've been, and we don't do influencer marketing at OMG, but I'm, I'm around it a lot because we're running YouTube ads and, and running Google right. campaigns and Amazon campaigns. So so I see influencer content. And you know, we have some clients that are doing things with with MMA, like up and coming MMA um, athletes and fighters and, and, and some kind of not really famous NFL people, but like NFL linemen for, a, you know, like the New England Patriots and stuff. And so it's like, they have an audience, it's limited, but right. you can zero in on that audience and it can be very effective and it's very affordable and it's fun and it's, it's content. Mm-hmm. And it's content that you could also kind of mash up and, and do some fun stuff with later as well. But um, right. I think it'd be kind of interesting. What are some tips to kind of get ready for influencer marketing? I want to talk, I've got all kinds of thoughts on, hey, what's changed recently and mistakes and things like that. But what, what do people need to do to get ready for influencer marketing if they're not already doing it? Yeah, I, I quote this all the time. Um, it's my own quote. <laughs> but I, I say Brilliant this man once said, Cody. Uh, I yeah. say this all the time. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. Um, the more that you can align your influence marketing with your customer experience, the better your influence marketing will be. And what I mean by that is just in the same way that you think about all the impressions and all the touch points that you have with your customers, the better that your customer experience will be. You put yourself in the shoes of the customer. Same thing with the influencer. So to get ready for things like an unboxing experience, uh, your branding, like just as a brand, making sure that your website is, you know, reasonable when an influencer goes to your website or an Instagram when they go check you out, when you outreach them. So like those are sorts of things that somehow people like forget because, oh, they're not paying for my product or they just forget the human side of it. Yep. And so you should treat influencers like your customers because yep. unboxing experiences doubling down on your great first impression of them. Right. Right. Um, and so and what do you want like, them to say? Like you're, you're selling, you're selling the influencer on becoming excited about your product. So like if the, right. if the online experience is bad or you send them something hokey in the mail, like that's going to really impact what they say. And as, and no amount of like star power, even Bryce 100%. Harper MVP didn't deliver because the content wasn't good. Right. Exactly. So I, I just think you got to have those things aligned um, before you start or how to get ready for influence marketing is just like going through those same customer journey that you would with your customers before you launch your brand. You know, it's like, hey, do we have these things checked off? Now, all that to say, it doesn't mean like you have to have like 12 steps checked off before you start an influence marketing. I, I definitely think there's a lot of people that might get tr- misinterpret that and say like, okay, I need to have all these things ready before I start outreaching the influencers. No, not necessarily. I'm just saying there's basic things like branding and having a product dialed in and your unboxing experience that you should take care of. And it contributes to more success. Not to say that you can't have some success, but it contributes to more success just in the same way that you have a brand in front of your customers. Got it. Uh, so what is what has changed over the last year, two years in terms of influencer marketing? Because it's still an emerging, you know, relatively new space. But I know things have changed 
pretty rapidly recently. What, what are some of the notice, notable changes? Yeah, I mean, you can start talking about like inf- or Instagram testing, hiding likes in things on the platform, or um, certainly the rise of TikTok is a, is a ginormous change that has kind of gone on the map. Um, and I think it's a good thing. But like, yeah, short form content, create more creative content. The, the, definitely the emphasis on video content has been clearly seen. I think people are starting to, or at least, I don't know if this has necessarily changed in influencer marketing, but brands more and more are starting to value video content more and more. And so I think influencers, because of that effect, have been privy to that and started to create more video content. And certainly TikTok created you know, contributed to that as well. Yeah. And, and it's, and I'm also curious, like, are you, are you finding, and I think this has always been true, but curious if it's more true now or, or just the same that, you know, creating content for the platform is super important, right? I know uh, I've got a friend that runs TikTok ads and, and he says, uh, don't, you know, create ads on TikTok, you create TikToks. Right. And, mm-hmm. and so, so the creating for the platform is really important is, is how important is that now? Like, are you, doing something unique for Instagram versus Facebook versus Instagram reels versus Facebook stories. Uh, are you really tweaking content for the platform? Well, for us, I think it's just reformatting the content so that you yeah. can go on all placements. Um, but yeah, we kind of let the influencers do their thing on how they actually post the content to those specific platforms. And they're, I mean, much more knowledgeable about. That's true. They're, they're already influencers well. on that platform. So it's a native thing for them. Right, exactly. Got it. Got it. Cool. Totally makes sense. What What are some of the mistakes that you still still see brands making when it comes to influencer marketing? The transactional nature of it, um, and I can geek out on this topic, but it's just yeah. I kind of smile when you say what has changed over influence marketing. Actually, my first thought is like, man, there's so much that hasn't changed over the years yeah. that is still there's still in the old ages of pay for posts. Hey, Brett, first touch point I ever talked to you, I asked for three posts just because I'm awesome and I, I'm a new mm-hmm. brand. Like it just, it boggles my mind. Now, with that said, do I believe in pay for posts? Yes, eventually. After, and you have multiple people omni-channel consistently posting to their audiences over and over and over again. But I just think from a first touch point when they post that one time, man, it's just you're settling when you can have so much more. And I th- and I think like the value is the relationship at the end of the day. Um, it doesn't like everybody, all these brand owners that I talk to all the time, they all talk about, I want a long-term community. I want influencers posting about me consistently. I'm like, great, you got to start the right way. It, and it can't be, a lot of time, your belief system is not matching up to your behavior. Yeah. And so their belief system is that, but their behavior is, well, I'm just going to pay for posts a million different influencers and that's it. And that's my influencer strategy. And it's like, no, like, <laughs> like there's got to be, uh, there is a way to get to where you want to go. We just got to change your behavior. So, so what is that? What should that look like then? So, so what needs to shift both in mindset and in action to really, you know, long-term community building influence? Yeah. Well, I'd say the mindset, the philosophy is build the relationship on giving instead of asking. So what that looks like is for most of the time, D2C e-commerce brands, you have a physical product that you can send out and you can get them for free. And when I say don't ask, I actually mean don't ask for anything in return. 
Um, so I'll tie it back to your customer experience, right? The customers that end up in advocacy are the genuine ones that go down your customer journey on their own because they love the brand and product. And we think, you know, we wonder why influencer marketing is not is inauthentic. It's because what's driving them down into advocacy is money and a contract. And it's like, well, we got to start the right way and like get them the product, get them the brand. Now, some some influencers will never post and they might not even like the product. Great. It's the same thing with your customers. Yeah. Some customers will return it. Sure. But the influencers that do rise to the top, um, those are the ones that you want to work with anyways. And they do end up, you know, posting for free just because they're so overwhelmed with and most of these influencers are just so used to getting exploited or yeah. like I use the example of being asked for things like right off the jump, never heard of your brand before, right. never even seen your website, but yet you're here asking me for three things like right off yep. the bat. It just doesn't make sense, right? So you're, so you're recommending sending, like sending a, and, and going all out on, on packaging and design, like making it a cool experience for them to open your product. But you're saying just send that me with a simple note, not asking them for anything, just sending them product? Yeah, I mean, my my DM or email to you would just be like, hey, Brett, I'd love to send you our product. No strings attached. Um, there's obviously more into that message a little bit, but it's short and sweet, and it's basically, yeah, that's what, we're, that's what we mean by it. And you have the option to say yes or no. Um, and at that point, we're just getting your address and we're sending you the product. Um, and that's what we're really doing at Kinship is basically what's called influencer seeding, and we're just doing that at scale for brands. Got it. So, so let's talk about that a little bit. So, influencer seeding. So, what is what does that look like? I'm I'm assuming that's like identifying the right influencer, right. reaching out in a systematic way, tracking it, things like that. Yeah, you nailed it. I mean, identification. We're identifying 500 influencers on a month to month basis. We handle the whole communication flow. We have a Shopify app, Kinship does that. We download onto their store. It just helps seed them the product in a really streamlined way. We track the organic posting. Once we see posts go live, we reach out for content rights. Once we have content rights, we download the content, reformat it for ad placements. Nice. Ideally, we're able to like repurpose that content right away. We're sending out an MPS survey to all the influencers that do receive products. So it's just it's an A to Z service, but a lot of it really is labor. Um, yeah. Th these brands just don't have time to do this, exactly. let alone 500 influencers in a month. So. That's awesome. Um, and, and I think that's one thing that, that's potentially overlooked too. I'd be curious your perspective on this. Obviously, we, we want those organic posts to be effective when an influencer talks about a product to their to their followers. But if you're getting rights to the content as well, there's a lot of leverage you can get from that content down the road. We had a big automotive brand that we, we did kind of like influencer mashups, right? Where even, mm -hmm. even, and we turned it into an ad where maybe even if I'm watching some influencers, and I don't know all of the influencers. Right. If I'm seeing like this mashup of sound bites of all these people that are, pretty well-spoken because they're influencers saying totally. how great the product is. That's really powerful. Um, right. so, it, so you can leverage it way beyond just that organic piece. Exactly. It's a FOMO effect, right? You know, yeah. it's like, I don't even know any of these influencers, but there's a lot of people that seem yeah. to be loving the product. <laughs> like they genuinely like it. Yeah. 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 And I, and I think just a quick note on that is I think that's what seeding lends itself to is authentic content, which is what is such a buzzword in influencer yeah. marketing, authenticity. But it is because we're not asking for it, and yet they're posting on their own free will and their genuine interaction with your product and brand. So yeah. it leads to that. So are you guys doing any pay for posting? Or are you doing all like just organic, send the product, just the kind of the seeding approach? Yeah, I mean, we do sometimes, like on a very probably 10, 
10%, like we have a package that does that where we're actually contracting these influencers and there's a creative brief and there's rounds of approval on their content and stuff like that. But most of the time, yeah, we're doing these influencer seeding packages. And I think there's a way, just to be clear, I'm not anti-pay influencers or anti-contract influencers. Again, it's just, I think there's a proper way of getting to that step. Um, if I really value the relationship, then I, then I want my brand and product to be the focus, not, not money. Um, so I want to get it into their hands. Yep. Yep. I love it. And I, and I think they're, you know, especially for people that are listening that, that, Hey, you're, you're holding out on influencer marketing. You just haven't tried it. Like this uh, approach might be a great approach, right. To to just do the organic thing and see, see who all posts. Are, Are you doing anything interesting to, to track or anything you'd recommend on track? I know you guys have developed an app, which is awesome, but but what else would you recommend in terms of tracking? Yeah, tracking organic posting, we have a preferred partner named Mighty Scout. Um, so they track Instagram and TikTok posting, organic posting, even stories. A lot of people have questions on stories, like after 24 hours, does it still pull it? Yes. Um, so yeah, they're great. They're part of our flow um, nice. that we take a on. Mighty that. Scout? Mighty Scout, yeah. Because they're just scouring the web looking for mentions on, on the social Yeah, we're media. able to upload their profiles and it starts tracking if they mention certain handles or certain hashtags and cool. then we're able to see that content and the performance of it. Nice, nice. Um, what, 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 if any, kind of changes have you seen with influencer marketing, you know, with, with the different privacy updates and different iOS releases that are, that are making tracking harder for advertisers? Yeah. Um, I mean, in terms of that affects us the most when we're actually repurposing the content. Yeah. You know, just what you, you obviously understand this, but just within iOS 14 and the tracking on the dashboard within that account, the reporting is incredibly down almost, I think 50% of what we've seen. But actually when we look at the data and what I've seen just around the, the market is ROAS is actually not down. It's just the reporting when we actually take in like blended and GA and all these different things. Um, but I would say creative is just, <laughs> I don't know what number to put this, but it was important before iOS 14. Now it's like important on steroids. Yeah. Um, so the, the brands that, you know, we talk to time and time again, they're constantly in dire need of new content, more content at a cost effective way. Yeah. Yeah, fully agree. And it's one of those things where, you know, uh, a friend of mine said, hey, you know, pre-iOS 14, 15, 16, all that, uh, that, that, you know, Facebook and, and Google were, were wrong then. They over-attributed. Now they're wrong. They're just <laughs> under-attributing, right? And so it's like it was never accurate to begin with. So you have to, like, find what metrics in the platform make sense for you, but then look yeah. at your total, whether you want to call it MER, media efficiency ratio, or, or, right. or ad spend to revenue ratio. Like, what, what are my total money out, total money in, and, and, and making sure you're efficient there. But I 100% agree with you. There was a time when, when and you know, I'm, I'm a YouTube guy, so I reference YouTube a lot, but Google said, hey, when you're running YouTube campaigns, 85% of your success is with the creative. I think that's even more true now. And I think there was a time when some of us advertisers got a little bit lazy because we knew the algorithm would do the work for us and find people that converted. Now with tracking not quite working the way that it used to, um, we can't be algorithm cripples anymore. And so creative just has to be And not overly dependent on one platform. You know, it's made made brands omnichannel and diversified and... It's making everybody better marketers, um, really. It, it, it is. It's weeding out the people that, that really don't have deep marketing knowledge. They just kind of learned how to 
you know, they, they did learn how to use Facebook during the golden years, right? Uh, when it was pretty easy. <laughs> exactly. and, and so now you really got to work and you got to mm-hmm. do organic stuff and, and you've got to work with influencers and then repurpose that into ads. And it's, yeah, it just uh, takes more work now than before. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, what are some of your favorite uh, case studies or, or favorite examples of clients you worked with or it could, could be Kayla or whatever of what you've done to really make influencer marketing work and work well? Yeah, there's a couple that come to mind, one of which was a brand that we actually had the pleasure of just through a personal relationship, we were able to like launch with them and they just completely relied on the two things that we do, which is Facebook ad account management and influencer seeding. And so that was a brand called Monkey Feet. Um, It attaches a dumbbell to your foot, very unique product. It launched in October 2020. A dumbbell to your foot, what what is the, this is for working out? Exactly. Exactly. So do leg stuff with dumbbell and, you know, at home, people were working out at home more than ever when they launched. Um, But yeah, we just seeded a ton of different fitness trainers, the product and unique sense of the product, one skew brand, time of the year, obviously all contributed, but um, yeah, we're able to grow their their brand to 4 million in four short months. Um, So incredible incredible rise and now i think they're at six over the course of the year um and so that was kind of one case study second case study that we worked with m&ms and we did a lot of stuff on tiktok sending personalized m&ms with uh for mother's day and father's day where they could put their mom or dad's face on the m&m and we're able to use our strategy see the influencers they posted for free you know had several videos organically you know, go viral. Um, and then they repurposed that content and they saw 457% increase in sales compared to 2020, 67% increase in sales compared to 2020 on each of those days. Um, so obviously these are case studies, right? But incredible success. And, um, you know, with a brand like that, with M&Ms and then Monkey Feet, those are two ways that we've seen seeding lead to a ton of content uh, right away that gets repurposed. Cool. Love it. So, so let, let's just let's create a um, uh, just an imaginary e-commerce brand for a second. Let, let's, yeah. let's let's go for a sneaker company, right? So we're both talking basketball. Perfect. Let's talk about this. This is highly unlikely to succeed, but this is an upstart <laughs> shoe company taking on Nike and Adidas and all that. Um, so, so what are we? What, where would you start? And what would an influencer program look for for them? And then, what should people kind of expect along the way? Yeah, I, I would start with seeding. I, I mean, I, I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but it's got to start that way every time. It's just got to, like, no matter what your cogs are, what your, you know, all these different price points are, you just, if you can just send out one, now it would make that person that you send it out to very important. But, you know, in this case example, man, I would try to start with low-level high schoolers, college people, uh, I would get it on D3, D2 schools. Um, I'd just be getting this product everywhere because that's that's where word of mouth actually happens. That's where it's like, what are these shoes? And um, I would definitely start young because you're not going to go out and get you know the NBA guys to wear yeah no way right. they're they're not they're not moving away from from Nike uh, or yeah so you just got to start and hope that some of these people do turn into stars and we were the first to get on their feet and. Obviously, the product's got to be great. At that point, it can't just look good. So. Totally. 
So what do you, so, so then you're, you're in, going through the seating process. So you're sending out, you know, obviously you want to try to send out more than one if you can, but, but what yeah. kind of, I know there are a lot of variables here, but what kind of response are you typically expecting? And this is, this is, this is kind of with the assumption that, Hey, the product is good and, and the, and what you sent them was good and compelling and interesting. Like how many people typically, how many influencers typically respond and, and actually create organic content once, once you give them a free product? Yeah, great question. Um, so, in terms of a benchmark, and like just this is the bench, we obviously want to go higher than this, but we want at least 20% responding and saying, yes, send me the product. And then out of those people that do receive product, we want to see 30% of those actually post for free. So, if you send to 30 individual influencers, that's six opting in and two posting for free. Now, obviously, those numbers sound a lot better as the more that you do it, sure, the more sure. influencers that you reach out to. Um, so, but still that's two relationships at the very least that you didn't have yesterday. Yep. And really just cost you a little bit of time and some product. And, uh, again, you know, you, you get someone who, who really does a nice job with organic content and that can pay off big time. And then you repurpose it for ads and stuff. And then you can really exactly. leverage that content for, you know, months and months to come. Right. And this is what I, it just comes out like all marketing has inherent risk, right? Like sure. you don't just turn on Facebook ads and then all these conversions just start happening. Like there's a risk of spend that you might not get any conversions. <laughs> so when people are like, oh, well, you know, that's such a low number of people opting in or a low number of people that are actually posting for free. Like, why isn't it a guarantee? Like, why can't you just ask for a post? You're just settling. Yeah, and there's always a risk. There's always going to be people that say no or don't post for free, but it's how valuable and what are the goals that you actually want to go? You know, like what's the best mess what's the best method to produce the outcome that I desire? Yeah. That's awesome. So other other kind of just tips, suggestions, how do we make influencer marketing work for an e-commerce store? Any other tips or suggestions that you haven't already mentioned? What you do with the influencer content, um, once you actually have it, maybe you get rights to it. I would definitely recommend um, being able to leverage that within Facebook and Instagram ads. I mean, we've definitely touched on that, but there's also different like methodologies with within Facebook where you can run a dynamic creative test. And that's basically um, you being able to run a bunch of creative all at once, really being able to test. You're letting Facebook determine what the winners are going to be. Um, so without getting too nerdy into ad account world, uh, that's some of the other things that, you know, I just throw out to the listeners is something to try and test as you start getting influencer content. I mean, you mentioned one Mashables, uh, what you can do with more than one asset. And, oh, did you guys, I'm looking at your start. Did you guys uh, run stuff for native? We did. That's awesome. Longtime client. We've worked with Native for forever, so that's awesome. Amazing. I, I, we've uh, we've put yeah, some of that content friends. on we're YouTube. Gonna be we're going to be best of friends, but then this episode. <laughs> so, now, so we started as enemies. Now we're, <laughs> now we're best bros. Uh, exactly. So that's, that's awesome. Um, cool. So so uh, obviously I love influencer marketing. I love the, the power of good influencer content. Um, any, any suggestions you have for people? So obviously if they're wanting to run this and they like the sound of what you offer, Cody, and what you guys have done, they can reach out to you at yeah. kinship, K-Y-N-S-H-I-P.co. Uh, but any, any other suggestions, other resources, other things they should check out that you guys have done? 
um, that we've personally done or just tips and tricks of the, of the trade? Uh, either. Well, yeah, either one, both. Let's talk both real quick. Um, yeah. So a couple of the things that would come to mind is just like, there's some free tools out there that people just don't even really know about. One of which is owned by Facebook and one of which is owned by TikTok. TikTok creator marketplace. It's free. You can apply as an advertiser. That's where you can go and find and work with influencers. Um, it's their own, basically, influencer marketing platform. Um, I existed. That's fantastic. Yeah, creatormarketplace.tiktok.com, and you can apply as a brand. If you already have a TikTok ad account, it, you should be able to get in really quick. Um, and then Facebook Brands Collabs Manager. That's a f- also a free influencer discovery tool that pulls in ins- Facebook and Instagram. Um, so... For some of these people that maybe are just starting out with influencer marketing and just what's don't a, know, what's a Facebook tool again? Facebook Brands Collabs Manager. It's funny they don't even talk about it. I feel like kinship. We talk about it more than Facebook. So yeah. I'll be requesting a referral fee. Um, Brands Collabs Manager. Interesting. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll link to that. I I did not know that existed either. So we'll yeah. link to both of those in the show notes. I, th- I think the reason why I bring those two up um, is just because a lot of times finding now the page says Meta for creators, so we we can't forget mm-hmm. uh, Facebook. You know the 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 platform, the artist formerly known as Facebook, is now Press Meta. Of course, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Meta for <laughs> Meta for creators that'll probably get you there too. But yeah, super yeah. interesting resources. So go ahead. I think you were about to explain them. A well, little I was bit. just gonna say like a lot of times the biggest hang up in people starting. Or it was one, the labor and the time, but and a lot of those two things come around just finding influencers. They're like, yes. they're maybe convinced by this episode to like, okay, I'll seed product, but like, who do I do it with? Um, so, yeah, I mean, even Instagram itself, you can do the drop down arrow and, it, you know, algorithm picked influencers that are all related to that influencer. I used to do that before all these tools came around. That was kind of my discovery tool. So, so, so what, what does that look like? So you're on Instagram, you, you've got an influencer where you're like, hey, this influencer would be perfect for my brand. What, what do you do from there? Yeah, there's a drop-down arrow like on the top kind of third of the profile. You can hit that drop-down arrow and then it just feeds you similar people all pretty much around the same follower account. Some will just be various, but they're posting similar things, using similar hashtags, might have the same bio. Um, so if you have at least one influencer that you know, like, hey, I would love to get my product to this person, hitting that drop-down arrow will show you a bunch of different people. Super interesting. Well, those three tips were worth the price of admission. Like, that was <laughs> worth you listening to the end of this podcast. Uh, so if you did, kudos to you. You've got some yeah, three amazing tips. It was all good. Uh, but those are, those are three amazing free tools to kind of get, get started with. So check those out. Meta for creators. Uh, AKA brand collabs manager, uh, the TikTok creator marketplace, and then uh, yeah, just looking on on Instagram and uh, yeah. that drop down arrow. That's awesome, uh, fantastic. And then and then other suggestions. So if someone says, "Hey, I want to talk to Cody. I want to talk to Kenship," what, what yeah. should they do? They can just reach out to me. I'm very active on Twitter and Instagram, so just at Cody Whitick on both. Um, and then we can get on a call and schedule something. That's probably the easiest way to connect with me and the agency. Nice, nice. That's awesome. Cool. Any, any. Uh, this is just always a fun way to kind of wrap up as we're wrapping up our our session here. Any predictions? You know, where where is influencer marketing headed? Um, you know, what what things could you see changing? And then what might also be kind of interesting because you, you you sort of alluded to this a, a few minutes ago. 
what do you expect to remain the same? Because sometimes I think it's better, you know, we always want to like prepare for what's shifting and what's changing and, and certainly we need yeah. to be aware, but also you double down on the things that won't change typically. Um, so, so any thoughts there on what's going to change and what's not? What's going to change? Here's a hot take. Follower count goes away. Mm. That's a so hot the take. platforms are going to hide that? Yeah, maybe even Instagram just solely. I don't know about TikTok. They're obviously a different leadership beast group, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, personally, I would love to see it just because I think the more focus would go on the content itself. But it's a vanity metric too, right? It's all about engagement. So you can have a you know five hundred thousand exactly. followers, but what if you paid for them, or what if they're not engaged, or you know? Yeah. Exactly. So maybe hiding it, um, and then what remains the same. What I'm passionate about is just the relationship side of things. Because yeah. uh, these influencers, I mean, from Michael Jordan to LeBron James, the only thing that changed, they're both the same influence, but what changes the platform? It used to be a TV commercial, now it's Instagram stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, and, and, and I, I don't want to get into the Jordan versus LeBron debate because that's not appropriate for this podcast. Jordan's yeah, better. Right. But uh, if uh, but if we look at it, and this is what we talk about as a team a lot, like things are shifting rapidly in our industry. But what will always be the same is that you have to have the right message, a compelling message that just hooks the right person and makes them want to take action. You have to have the right message to the right person. You have to identify who's going to fall in love with my product and who's going to be really interested in what I have to sell and who are the influencers that speak to them. So the right the right market, and then uh, at the right time. So with with the right medium, right, the, with the right channel to reach them. Exactly. Those things are never going to change. Uh, if you're if you're able to deliver the right message to the right person at the right time to the right medium, you win, right? And and, and just understanding mm -hmm. that hey, it's going to shift and stuff, but get drilled down to the basics, the things that are timeless, and uh, that's how you succeed in marketing. So. Awesome. Well, Cody, this has been a lot of fun, man. Really, really enjoyed it. And uh, good luck to you. Well, we'll be we'll be keeping an eye out. Do follower counts go away? And so I'll give you credit. There's <laughs> the one takeaway that everybody will remember. Yeah. No one else remembered anything. Just a hot take. <laughs> uh, awesome. Any any Thanks, final bro. words of wisdom, Cody? No, just build relationships on giving, not asking. That'll be the final one-liner. I love it. Yep, on, on uh, giving, not asking. I absolutely love that. Really good stuff. So, Cody, thanks, man. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks, Brett. Absolutely. And as always, thank you for tuning in. Really appreciate you uh, taking the time, taking a half hour, 45 minutes out of your day to hang out with me and, and really smart guests. And so, as always, we'd love to hear from you. What topics would you like us to explore on the on the podcast? And hey, if you haven't done it already, we'd love that review on iTunes. It helps other people discover the show and makes me feel warm inside. Uh, and I would appreciate that. So uh, with that, until next time, thank you. For At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session or click on 
resources, and guides, and pick the guide that's right for you. And now, back to the show.